Good morning, and we welcome you to Roanoke-Salem Missionary Baptist Church. We're grateful to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, uh, that he's allowed us to be here again on this second Sunday in the month of May. This is uh, Mother's Day in this country and many places around the world, so I certainly, on behalf of my church family, we salute the mothers. We thank the Lord for our mothers whether you are the mother uh, that you've had your own children or whether you've adopted or whether you've never had children, but you've stood in that gap. You feel the role of a mother in somebody's life. No matter how young or how senior you may be, we thank you, thank you, thank you. We know that God blessed uh, women to have a, a unique, a unique uh, instincts and a, and a unique part of, of the character of women uh, that they can mother. It's just simply beyond the, the ability to, to physically give birth. It's much more than that. There is something that God has instilled in women that's unique to the character of women. It's unique and it's wonderful. And so we all thank you. Thank you, mothers, and thank you, mother figures uh, all around the world. Not only is it uh, it's Mother's Day, but on today, we're going to also celebrate women generally. Uh, this month in our church history is usually Women's Month. And of course, because of where we are now and not being able to meet and to be together, uh, we're not doing some of the things and having the services like we would normally have from each of the four Sundays to celebrate women in a general sense. So today, um, the message is tailored uh, to celebrate and to encourage women uh, generally. And we certainly, again, are so uh, appreciative of our mothers here on Mother's Day. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity to preach your word. Use me, Holy Spirit, as you will. Let me preach with clarity and conviction. I pray that spiritual hearts will be fertile ground to receive your word and that we all be doers of the word moving forward. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to thank those who are here in the sanctuary uh, helping make this broadcast possible. So as always, thank you uh, to Derek Buffalo and to April Allen and to Miss uh, Jasmine Smith, my doll baby. And uh, we have one of our deacons here, Woodrow Hardy, and uh, we have also Mr. Steve Smith, one of our musicians who's here for technical uh, support and help on today. Uh, the morning's message is going to come from the Old Testament book of Numbers, the Old Testament book of Numbers, the 27th chapter, verses 1 through 7. Numbers chapter 27, verses 1 through 7. I'm going to read this from the New International Version, and uh, this is what it says. It says, the daughters of Zelophehad, son of Hefer, the son of Gilead, the son of Mechur, the son of Manasseh, belonged to the clans of Manasseh, son of Joseph. The names of the daughters were Mala, Noah, Hogla, Milcah, and Tirzah. They came forward and stood before Moses, Eleazar the priest, the leaders and the whole assembly at the entrance to the tent of meeting and the daughters said, 
Our father died in the wilderness. He was not among chorus followers who banded together against the Lord, but he died for his own sin and left no sons. Why should our father's name disappear from his clan because he had no son? Give us property among our father's relatives. Verse 5. So Moses brought their case before the Lord. And the Lord said to him, what Zelophehad's daughters are saying is right. You must certainly give them property as an inheritance among their father's relatives and give their father's inheritance to them. Amen. For the topic of this morning's message, I ask you to just please um, let us reason together for a few minutes from this thought. Women, take your rightful place. Women, Take your rightful place. If we look back in recorded history, there seems to have always been conversations and controversies about a woman's place in our societies. It's safe to say that from the beginning of recorded history, men have almost exclusively determined what women could and could not do. For many years, men have decided or we have influenced how women should think and and, and how women communicated and and how women dressed. Even today in some cultures, even today, it still exists that that men still determine a woman's place in society. But the times have changed for women. Amen. In 2020. Many women are able to choose their place in society. Around the world, women are independent and self-sufficient. Women are not only the chief executive officers, women own the company. Women freely express their own thoughts and they express them in their own way. Women design clothes for women and they dress how they choose. Women hold the highest positions in government and in the military, in business, and even in the church. Women hold the highest positions. For many women in many places, the days of being controlled by men are over. Generally speaking, women are still, however, the victims of very real biases, They're the victims of very real prejudices. They're the victims of very real abuse, mostly from men. But by a lot of the important indicators, women have taken their place in the world. And as that high profile, mega rich entrepreneur Martha Stewart would say, and that's a good thing. Amen. But but on this particular day, on this Mother's Day, on this Women's Day uh, for our church family, today I pose one simple question. Women, are you in your rightful place? That's the question I want you to think about. Women, are you in your rightful place? And 
And I submit the answer for some of you is no. No, you're not in your rightful place. At the risk of irritating or angering my wonderful sisters in humanity, I want you to know that your rightful place in any situation is determined by God. Your rightful place is not determined by man or by a male person. As a matter of fact, your rightful place is not even determined by a female person. Your rightful place is always determined by Jehovah God. Allow me to use this story uh, from Numbers chapter 27 to support my statement. If you remember, I just read, and you can look back for yourself, in, in verses 1 through 4, there was a man named Zelophehad, and he had five daughters. And he died, and he had no sons. And the daughters went to Moses and Eleazar, the priest, and the council of the people, and they said to Moses and Eleazar and the, and the others, he, they said in a nutshell, our father died. He didn't rebel against the Lord. He died. It says in, in the NIV, he died in his own sin. That doesn't mean their father died because of sin. It just meant simply that he died of natural causes, as we all do, because we're all sinners. Some of us are sinners saved by grace and some of us are not. But in a sense of where we can look at our lives based upon uh, the Lord's holiness, we're all sinners. A father died of natural causes, and he didn't have any sons. Why should our father's name be erased or eliminated from the clan he's part of simply because there were no sons for him to leave his inheritance to? We say, give us our father's inheritance. And Moses then um, did something that was very, very key. And it's explained in verses five, six, and seven. Moses went to the Lord. That's interesting because Moses was God's hand-chosen, hand-appointed man. Moses certainly had God's authority, God's permission, if you will, to decide what to do about that situation. And there were already some laws in place that had already determined how that was supposed to be handled. But Moses did the right thing. And this is a tidbit of a lesson for all of us. And I want to just say this to, to all the men. Even though we may have authority to do something, it's always right and it's always best to go to the Lord to let the Lord either tell us what to do or confirm what it is we may be thinking about doing. That's, that's just a little aside for the men. But, but, the, but, but Moses went to the Lord and the Lord told Moses that Zelophehad's daughters, these women, he says they're right. And then the Lord commanded Moses to give these five sisters their father's land. Now, in that day and time, the Hebrew law only allowed sons. The Hebrew law only allowed males to inherit family property. But with one radical decision, and it was radical when you think about the laws of the time and the culture of the time, with one radical decision, 
God changed the law and he affirmed the dignity of women. Amen. Jehovah God had already liberated women before the uh, women's liberation movement or the equal rights amendments were ever thought of. Uh, Jehovah God is the greatest liberator of women that's ever lived. I've said in other messages, Jesus Christ is the greatest champion of women that has ever lived. God's decision in Numbers chapter 27 still impacts women even today. And it impacts women today in at least three ways. Number one, uh, that decision back then with the daughters of Zelophehad, it proves, number one, that God values women as much as he values men. Remember the story of the adulterous woman. The law of the day said that that woman should be killed. And by all rights, the man, should, the, the man who was caught in the act of adultery should have been brought forward, too. But the men being men didn't bring him. But the point is, one of the many reasons why Jesus did not allow those men to kill that woman is because he valued her life just as much as he valued the life of a man. Number two, God's decision back in the day in Numbers 27, how it impacts women today. Number two, it proves God trusts women's judgment as much as he trusts the judgment of men. If God did not trust, trust the judgment of women, there would have never been a woman in the Bible named Deborah. You all remember Deborah. Some of you do. If you don't, she was a judge over Israel. I'm not going to say she was the only woman judge, but she's the only one that I'm aware of that is recorded in the Bible that Deborah was a judge. In other words, she actually had the power and the authority to make decisions on all types of matters. Uh, people would come before her with their complaints or, or, or with their um, with their arguments or their problems. And, and if there was any dispute and, and Deborah had the authority to make decisions for men and women. And what Deborah said was final, according to the laws of the land, according to their culture. So God has always trusted women's ability and women's judgment. These five sisters, these daughters would have to make decisions as years came over what to do with that land. And God demonstrated that he trusted their judgment. Number three, it proves that um, God empowers women to make life choices just as much as he empowers men to make life choices. Being very clear, God has empowered women to make decisions on their lives, about their lives, just like he's empowered men to make decisions about our lives. Now, men have always taken the liberty of, this, um, of, the, of feeling like we could decide uh, what we will and won't do, where we can and can't go and all that. And of course, for years and years and years, and as I said earlier, in some cultures, uh, men still make those decisions for women as well. But God proved by that decision that he made for these five sisters that they are empowered to make uh, life choices just like men are empowered. Remember the story of the woman at the well. Remember how Jesus was talking to her and Jesus said to her, go get your at some at one point in the conversation, go get your husband and, and bring him here. And she says, well, I don't have a husband. And that's when Jesus said, that's right. You've had five husbands and the man you're with now is not your husband. 
The empowerment in that was the fact that two ways. First of all, Jesus had already said to her, you know, you came to this well to get literal water to drink, but I'm going to give you living water. Now, Jesus didn't force that on her. Jesus offered her a choice and he would have respected whatever decision she made. She just she's no different than the rest of us today. You could either accept what Jesus offered or you can reject it. But the point is, even in that point in time, Jesus had empowered her. He respected because he's the one that gives us all the right to make choices. Women have just as much right to make choices over their lives as men do, right or wrong. I'm not saying every decision is right for women and every decision is not right for men. But what I'm saying is we have free will. So women are empowered to make choices just like men are empowered to make choices. Women, your rightful place is in a relationship with Jehovah God. He's the father, the one who created you in his own image, according to Genesis chapter one, verse 27. Jehovah God is the son, the one who loves you so much, he gave up his life to save your soul. That's according to St. John chapter 3, verse 16. Jehovah God is the Holy Spirit. He's the one who empowers you with spiritual gifts so that you can be a blessing to other people. That's according to 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 through 11. The Bible says, God made woman a help meet. And let me quickly say a help meet to a man doesn't mean you're his slave. You're not his servant. You're not his sex toy. You're none of those things. You are designed and you were created to complement a man. Sometimes we hear people make the statement. Some of you have made it, you know, about uh, to a man. Where's your better half? Well, that's exactly right, ladies. Those of you who happen to be married, you are our better half. And even women who are not married and women who don't choose to be married, you are still the complimentary better half of us as as men, as as male persons. On this day, in the name of Jesus Christ, I say, women, take your rightful place, whether you're single or married, whether you have children or not, regardless of your age, regardless of how much education or income you you have or don't have, you need to understand, women, that you are a jewel in God's eye and you have a rightful place in this world. How does a woman take her rightful place? By giving her life to Jesus Christ and allowing him to cover her in every area of her life. That's how you take your rightful place, my sisters, Give your life to Jesus and allow him to cover you, allow him to have control, allow him to advise you, allow him to lead and direct you, allow him to protect and provide for you in every area of your life. My sisters in humanity, please let me share with you one important fact about life. And this is this. As long as you live, you will always need Jesus Christ. As long as you live, you will always need Jesus Christ. And I know that's right, because in in the gospel of St. John, chapter 15, Jesus said that uh, he used the example of a vine and a branch to explain how much all of us need him. And Jesus said that he is the true vine, the only real source 
of our daily uh, nutrition and our daily source of energy. And Jesus said that people, we're like branches. He said, as long as the branches are connected to the vine, the vine being our source of energy and nutrition, he says that we will bear much fruit. Our fruit is the evidence of our success in every area of life. But Jesus said, if the branch, you and me, if we become disconnected from the vine, the vine will not bear fruit. It will eventually die and it'll be thrown into a fire. In other words, Jesus says that without him, we can do nothing. We have no success. We might have some fleeting success, but it won't last. We might be living large for a moment, but without Jesus, we're going to fail and not be able to recover until we turn back to him. Amen. Now, you can believe it or not. You can find people who are very successful, women who are very successful. But if you really get to know them, a lot of them, if they'll be honest, they'll tell you that there's something in their life that just feels unfulfilling. It's not about having a man. It's not about having children. There's a missing place in all of us. There's a hole in our spiritual hearts that can only be rightfully filled with a relationship with Jesus Christ. Let me say this to my unsaved sisters in humanity. Please give your life to Jesus. Right now, you are an unrepentant sinner. Amen. That doesn't mean you're a bad person. That doesn't mean you're a horrible person. That doesn't mean you're a wicked person. But if you are not saved, you are by the very definition of, a sin, of sin a sinner because you're not covered. You're not blood washed. Uh, you're not have, your sins have not been forgiven by Jesus Christ. Amen. To my unsaved sisters, I say, give your life to Jesus. Uh, your life is going to stay in turmoil. Your life is going to stay jacked up. In one way or another, until you let Jesus become the true vine in your life. You may not meet, need a man. Amen. You don't necessarily need a man, but you do need a savior. Humble yourselves today and take your rightful place. To my sisters that are already saved, I want to encourage you to stay in your rightful place. I know the devil it's trying all kinds of ways to get you to turn your back on Jesus because that's what he does. That's what the rascal does. He's always busy. He and his his demonic spirits trying to get us who are saved to to turn our backs and to not live like who we are called to be. The devil will use the promise of fame and fortune. Or maybe he'll use the promise of a position and power or, or maybe he'll use the promise of a of an illegitimate romance with a man or with a woman to entice you to break away from the true vine. But my saved and sanctified sisters always remember at least these two things. Number one, the devil is a liar and he's the father of lies. And number two, he only wants to kill or steal, or destroy your life. Not only does he want to kill, steal, and destroy your life today, he wants to destroy you for the life to come. I understand that sometimes it's hard to be in a group of women and you're the only one who loves Jesus. But when you find yourself under spiritual attack, call on the name of Jesus and don't be afraid or ashamed to just whisper within yourself or say out loud, Jesus, I need you. Lord, help me. Save me, Jesus. 
Jesus, come to my rescue. God, I need you. Whatever you want to say, when you find yourself under spiritual attack, call on the name of Jesus Christ. He will come to your rescue. Second Thessalonians chapter three, verse three says, but the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. Amen. Please don't risk losing everything you care about because you step down from your rightful place. As I close, women, all women, you have a rightful place in the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his arms, he will protect you. In his arms, he will comfort you. In his arms, he will provide for your needs. When you're in your rightful place, nobody can stop you from getting that promotion. When you're in your rightful place, nobody can stop you from being happily married. When you're in your rightful place, nobody can stop you from being happily single. Amen. You can be happily single too. When you're in your rightful place, Nobody can stop you from achieving that lifelong dream that allows you to become a blessing to others. Take your rightful place today. Let Jesus Christ become the true vine, the only real source in your life. Let Jesus prove how much he loves you and just how much you mean to him. He's already proven it. If you need evidence of it, Think about what he did well over 2,000 years ago. He was thinking about women as much as men when he let himself be taken to Pilate's judgment hall. He was, he was thinking about women as well as men when he was falsely accused of crimes that he didn't commit. He, he was thinking about women as well as men when he let them take him outside of one of the judgment halls and and brutally beat and savagely uh, beat him almost to the point of death. He, he was thinking about women when he carried that 300-pound wooden cross up Galgutha's rugged hill. Why? Because he wanted you to be able to take your rightful place. He was thinking about you and proving how much he loved you and proving how much he wanted to, to, to empower you and give you and, and the value you have to him when he let people nail uh, nails in his wrist and, and nails in his feet. Not small penny ante nails, talking about railroad stakes. That's what they put, the Bible says, people say his hands and scientists say it had to be in his wrist, but, but they drove them in his hands and they drove them in his feet. He was thinking about you women. He was thinking about you when he let them pierce him in his side and his blood and, and water flowed out. He was thinking about you when he gave up his life on that cross. Nobody took his life. Jesus says, I give it up. I put it, I lay it down and I can take it up again. Jesus was thinking about you women when he let them put him in a borrowed tomb and he stayed there the rest of Friday night and he stayed there all day Saturday and all day Saturday night. My sisters in humanity, Jesus Christ, the living son of God, was thinking about each and every one of you when he got up early on that Sunday morning with all power 
in heaven and on earth and under the earth to empower men, but to empower you too, to empower all humanity. And Jesus is now sitting on the right hand of his father, advocating for you just as much as he's advocating for me. You have a rightful place. Your rightful place is in the heart of Jesus Christ, being his daughter, being his sister, being his servant, being the one that he loves dearly and allowing him to not only make your life the best life it can be, but most importantly, empowering you and using you to be a blessing to others. To God be the glory. I'm going to say a prayer and we'll be dismissed. Father God, we thank you again for this particular special day, Mother's Day, Women's Day in in the history of our church family. Bless every woman, every female person. Bless them, Lord. Whatever needs, whatever issues they may have, whatever conflicts in their life, give them peace of mind, calm the storms, and then, Lord, begin today to turn around those situations that need to be positively changed. We know you are able. We believe you will. We give you praise, honor, and glory. And now may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit, rest, rule, and abide with us henceforth and forevermore. Amen.